Well, it's been a while, but the Giants are back in the playoffs. Three head coaches and two GMs fired since the last time they were here. The first time with a QB other than number 10 in 20 years. A quarterback that's been left for dead. He leads this team of castoffs and forgottens to a battle that is either win or die. Is Daniel Jones cold-blooded? Is Saquon Barkley capable of leading this team to glory? Is this front four enough to kill an opponent? Is Brian Dable able to lead this group of ragtag castoffs into the battle of their lives? These New York Giants bring their cockiness and confidence and smack these skull-chanting weirdos in the skull every second of the game. Let's win some games. And let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to Talking Giants presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we have our very first playoff preview. It's been six years. The Giants are back in the playoffs, Justin. They are back with their rematch after losing on a 61-yard field goal to the Vikings after they had a fumble down near the red zone. They had an interception on the in the Vikings' territory, a block punt that led to points, a drop pass on third down, and, and both sides of the ball uh, having drops with Cordell Flaw, and it led to a loss. But the Giants wanted their rematch. They're getting their rematch, and it's in the biggest moment, and win or die. Win or die. We've had a lot of preview pods, Bobby Skinner, but I think uh, this one may take the cake on how big, how important, how significant it is. Hello to everybody. My name's Justin. That's Bobby. If you're if you're a first time listener, if you're a long time listener, enjoy this moment. Enjoy enjoy Sunday. Enjoy this build up. Get excited. Uh, we're certainly excited for it too. And I love that we're rematching this team. This Christmas Eve game really like it got me mad that we actually lost that game. And I haven't gotten that mad that the Giants lost the game that they really shouldn't have in a very, very long time. You know, and we were outgained by a hundred yards. Um the Giants gave away the ball twice. There was a blocked punt, a sixty one yard prayer of a field goal, and yet the Vikings only won by one score, one field goal. And a sixty one yarder. I think the Giants are going to do some similar things in this game that they did the last time, but also obviously building off of it. But something I think that they should do similar is put this game in the hands of Daniel Jones. Obviously, he touches the ball on every single play of the game on offense. And he has proven to where the offense is best when you put it in his hands. Obviously, you're going to give the Saquon the rock. like He's going to be a big part of this game. But put the game in Daniel Jones' hands because I, I trust him. Like I really do trust him in a playoff atmosphere. I know people talk about you know quarterbacks' first playoff games. I don't know. I, I luckily it's not against the you know the number one defense. Maybe it'd be a different story if we were playing the 49ers. But I am very much happy letting the Giants trust Daniel Jones to lead them to a playoff victory. Yeah, and honestly, Bobby, 
not only coming here and being excited that the Giants actually have a playoff game and, you know, we're in the middle of January, we're still playing football. We have very, very meaningful football going on. So it's not even just the general excitement that you have for a playoff game, but I'm excited just to get behind the mic and talk about the the changes that the Giants could make from that Christmas Eve game to this Sunday right now. What are the changes that the Vikings are going to make that the Giants could ultimately try and combat? What's going to be their response? What's going to be the coaching staff's response? So I am probably, I'm equally excited just to talk about that element of it, the football side of it, which I know, you know, we do a pretty damn good job of of doing it. You have, a, you have like a, a shit ton of notes to break down too. I am so excited to talk about how are the Giants going to be successful in this rematch against the Vikings for sure. Yes, and again, the playoffs, man, this is where guys step up. This is where guys' legacies are made of. You know, now we have a lot of guys making their first trip at this thing. Daniel Jones, obviously, Saquon Barkley, even guys who have been in the league for a long time, like Leonard Williams, are, are getting their first shot at it. And man, this is just a prime opportunity for them to start it. You know, for yeah. and guys with expiring contracts like Daniel Jones and yeah. Saquon Barkley. Like it's it's pretty notable for those two cats to lead this Giants offense to, you know, to be fifteenth. Like it's they are number 15 in offense because of those two players and like that's how they did it this year not because of the wide receiver core not because of the offensive line Andrew Thomas so those Andrew three, Thomas, those three yeah. guys but we knew Andrew Thomas was part of the long-term haul they did not extend Saquon Barkley they declined Daniel Jones fifth year option and on a team that didn't have much talent they've dragged them here and for them to win they got to drag them to another one yeah all right so you you talked about putting the game in in Daniel Jones's hands and I and I think the Basically, what that looks like uh, on the football field is letting Daniel Jones kind of throw in early downs and, you know, staying ahead of the sticks, not getting into third and longs. And I think that's going to be very, very huge this game, getting off to a fast start and then also avoiding some of these some of these third and longs. So I have some stats and then you're, you're going you're gonna to come at me what you think the, uh, the Giants can do schematically and stuff like that. So why well, I think getting off to a fast start is very, very important. The Giants have scored the fewest first quarter points per game this season at 2.3. It's not a shocker. We know the Giants are a second half team. But the Vikings are going to do what they're going to do in the fourth quarter. They're also a second-half team. The Vikings have scored the most fourth-quarter points per game this season. No other team has put up greater than 8.2 points per game. They're going to throw the ball from quarters one to four. They're going to throw the ball. They have a very, very low first-down rush rate. They're going to do what they're going to do throughout quarters one through four, and they're going to be strongest at the end of the game. So that's why I think it's important for this Giants team to kind of get off to that early start, put the game in Daniel Jones's hands, um, you know, let Danny Dime, as we say, and I think everybody else can be more efficient if the Giants can get off to that early start, that early lead. Quiets down the crowd, too. And if there's just one guy who I trust to you know, be able to handle that crowd and handle that noise and handle some pressure from Danelle Hunter and Zadarius Smith, it's Daniel Jones. Yeah. Like I, I really do trust him in this spot, and I think win or lose, we're going to come away happy with number eight at the end of this game. I think he's proven that. Um, yeah, and avoiding third downs, uh, like I said, the Giants have the seventh lowest third down conversion rate in away games this year at around 33%. So if the Giants can do a good job of avoiding third downs, which they had five 20-plus yard plays in this first matchup a couple weeks ago, that was the most 20-plus yard plays that they had all season. So staying ahead of the sticks, getting some explosive plays, flipping the script, 
on certain drives, um, that's going to be super, super helpful because when you can avoid a situation where Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter can get after the quarterback, rush the passer, put Daniel Jones in some bad spots, those third and longs, I think that is one of the number one things that we kind of have to avoid. Do not rely, like earlier in the season, do not rely on Daniel Jones converting these like third and 12, third and 14, stay ahead of the sticks, throw on early downs. Yeah, and they haven't been, like you said, they haven't been great on third down as a whole this season. Uh, I think what it leads to, though, is a similar game plan than, that you had la- the last time versus the Vikings just you know, uh, you know a few weeks ago. Yeah, it worked. Where Daniel Jones went 30 of 42. Eight yards per attempt, three hundred thirty-four yards. Like you know, one of his you know one of his best games of the season. Obviously, had the interception in there with the touchdown. Um, but it's simple, you know, like working that quick game. Now, I'll be interested to see how the Vikings adjust. But the Vikings are kind of uh, this is what we do. We run what we run type of team. Obviously, you build off of it. But we saw Hodgins and Slayton too. Slayton had a slant early in the game. You know, get matched up with Peterson. And they run like that quarters cover for defense. And guess what that opens up to? Quick game and the inbreakers, right? Well, Peterson was fighting hard on them, but Hodgins was making tough catches. Slayton made a tough catch on it. I'll be interested to see if they maybe try and put more man coverage and undercut on that. But also off of that, the Giants had some double, like two sluggo, you know, double moves where Hodgins caught the one and then Slayton had the best one of the game. Like just totally destroyed Patrick Peterson but uh, DJ felt pressure and scrambled to the right and didn't see it or pull the trigger on it and so I think like you can do both of those things where it's like okay we worked their quick game if they're jumping on it guess what that's a way for us to create explosives in the run game and we saw like the post wheel to Richie James like that was the first time we we ran that play 20 times this season <laughs> seriously and it led to touchdowns to like guys like Daniel Bellinger underneath yeah led the chunk plays well they were the first time where that was like, actually targeting the thrown yes where yeah. the, like the 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 deeper routes were thrown so I think this I mean the Vikings passing offense has been bad all year and it's passing re- defense or, yeah passing defense has been bad all year and it's been reasons like that um you know and when you play this defense they're they're gonna give you those throws and a lot of quarterbacks can't like they're gonna make mistakes and they're not gonna work at like almost a a rate of perfection where dj the season has done that right where it's like we come away from games like where are the mistakes one maybe two um so i just think putting the game in his hands versus this type of defense is going to lead to similar success that you saw the last game and hopefully more where you don't have daniel bellinger fumbling where we don't have a ball put yeah. behind Hodgins in an interception. Yep. You know, we don't have a block punt that leads to points. So, you know, without having those big mistakes from DJ, or, you know, you don't have a drop from Richie James. So you're not going to go mistake-free this whole game, but cut half of those mistakes in the, in the Giants won the yep. game. Yeah, well, you know that the Vikings' pass defense is bad from a yard standpoint, you know, but they also have allowed the sixth highest completion rate in home games this season, this year as well. It's sixty-six point five percent. So one of the things that I am, it's it's a worry. It's it's a worry for me because, like I said, the five plus the the five twenty plus yard plays that the Giants had against the Vikings a couple weeks ago, that was the most twenty plus yard plays that they've had this season. I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the quick game. I, I think the quick game is going to be there. Uh, I think this Vikings pass defense is bad, but can the Giants replicate the explosive play success that they had the first time with Isaiah Hodgins running the sluggo? You know, Richie James wheel. Can they create explosives in maybe some other ways that can combat what the Vikings are going to be preparing for based on what the Giants did the first time around? And you got to try. 
Okay, and yeah. that's part of it, you know, where there's been games where they just didn't try, you know, and, and you, you know, Daniel Jones has 170 yards and you're happy with him. It's like, well, they didn't even try. Right. You know, the command, the, the Sunday night football game versus the commanders where DJ didn't even throw the ball over 15 yards in that game. It's like, well, they didn't, even, they didn't even run these type of plays. Like, you can look at one or two, but, like, they didn't run these type of plays. So, obviously putting the uh, the game in DJ's. I want to talk about Saquon in the, in the receiving game as well, and then we'll talk about him in the running game. Sure. And DJ in the running game. First, this episode was brought to you by some special people. They're going to be celebrating a victory with us Sunday night. We got Frank Bagley. He likes his bagels. Richard Grassy. Um, he's going to whip some Vikings assy. John uh, DeCoco. Dylan Oldham. He ain't an old man. Brian. Uh, Brian. Brian Van Etten. Mm. Brian. Dylan. Van, Dylan Vanette. Brian Vanette. What's Ver, the Vanette, Nick Vanette's brother? Nick Vanette, Tristan Tierney, Giants quarterback coach, Sierra Tierney's son, actually. Wow. Uh, Eli Nix, who's like our EF friend, Eli Ricks, and then we got a couple of blue checks actually. Jeffrey what? Smith, who's like a big DC uh, uh, big wig, and then Alex uh, Aberney, who who covers sports for uh, for somebody else. Yeah. Justin, who are these people? Who covers sports for somebody else? Patreon.com/slash Talk Giants. Two month plus month of tears to get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Tell you what. I think we're going to be back here on Sunday, no matter the result. We're going to be back on here, back in this office Sunday, no matter the result. So you want to be with us. You want to be hanging out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner sends you some stickers, magnets, and we got new shirts on the store, and there's some shirt raffles that happen. Patreon.com slash Giants. Be part of an awesome community. We love you, patrons. So. So. We talked about it with Entertain on Wednesday. Saquon Barkley. And I, I'm going to give a Saquon Barkley speech later in this podcast. Oh, wonder, wonder when that's going to come. He had his biggest receiving game of the year for the Giants. Now that's eight catches for 49 yards, which... Was it the most yards, too? I believe so. Oh, what, I can check on that. It was definitely the most catches. It was definitely the most catches with eight. And it was when it was like that Commanders game on Sunday Night Football. They started... They, they've all, all year long, they've run their stick concept differently than the way like Jason Garrett or, or the traditional way you run stick where they have their outside receiver tight aligned tight and then run that little stick curl. It was the most receiving yards. Okay. And then Saquon is, is operating as the flat receiver, but he's on that swing pass and against a Vikings team who plays in those two high shells, they have, you know, less guys up front. Well, we're going to put stress on that nickel defender and force him. Saquon had a lot of those swing passes. The Vikings saw that. They know that that is coming. Like they, they know they've got to know that the Giants at this point aren't going to get under center and just force the rock to Saquon Barkley all game long. But they do want to get the ball in Saquon Barkley's hands. That one you need to run that still. But I think the the Vikings are going to have the end run with him. You know, try and slow some of that stuff down, and then you know have the linebacker chase. Build off of that. Seriously, whether that is. Putting Saquon and showing him on on that swing and running an angle route, those type of things. Uh, whether that's you have you know Slayton, you know turn that uh, that curl into actually like a dig route. Like they are going to be focusing on that, and they're going to clear out space in the middle of the field. Tell me about the uh, Daniel Bellinger touchdown against the Panthers. Yeah, Daniel Bent like motioning them, you know, motioning him across. Well, they got all this focus on this. Well, guess what? Now you have this guy in the middle of the field. Like we'll talk about it with the Vikings later. Like with the screens, uh, you know, the Vikings did a good job for that versus the Bears where they ran a quick little fake bubble screen, throw the ball deep, get a touchdown or, or a big play. 
build off of that because you got to know, like Mike Kafka, Brian W., you got to know. The Vikings saw that, and there's no way they're going to let Saquon Barkley do the same things over and over again. They're going to give you that look pre-snap, build off of it, because we need Saquon Barkley to get open in space and make superstar plays, and one way to do that is in the receiving game. You know, It's not going to be by swing pass, swing pass, swing pass on the right. sideline all game. It's going to be good by getting him in the middle of the field. There was an out route that he ran, too. Remember, he like bobbled that pass, and he thought that he wasn't touched, and yeah, then he gets up and he runs. Route, yeah. Um, so you know that was even that was even pretty cool too. But something that the entertainer pointed out that I you know I I forgot. But I'm a sucker for pre snap motion. I'm a sucker for motion at the snap. Um, Saquon Barkley on one of those swing passes, I think he went for like six or seven yards. Saquon Barkley ended it with putting a shoulder in the ground, but putting a shoulder into another dude get some yards after contact. But before that play, there was some orbit motion, which was pretty cool. This is a game where I want. Richie James, Darius Slate, and I know this isn't something that they always do, but particularly Saquon Barkley and Richie James. Or if Matt Breida, this they do this a lot too, when Matt Breida and Saquon Barkley are on the field at the same time, if somebody's flanked out as a receiver, whether it is Barkley or Breida, put that guy in pre-snap motion. You know, Get these linebackers' eyes thinking that you're going to do something and then something else is going to come. So what, basically how you can kind of get this Giants defense with pre-snap motion and baiting and some misdirection and stuff like that. You know, I want Kafka and Dable to kind of go a little nutso. A, a wrinkle that you can throw in this game is by putting Richie James in motion, putting Saquon Barkley in motion, getting, you know, getting some momentum under these guys' legs, and then boom, you're hitting them. You're given opportunities for yards after the catch, and you're kind of just staying on schedule. You know that you know that you're going to be able to complete the ball at a decent chunk against this Vikings team. But get your guys in space, get your guys with yards after the catch, and then you know that's how you can create an explosive play without solely just relying on throwing it deep. And again, they like to sit in these two high shells. Make them think as much. Make them because guess what? When you play that type of defense, well, you got to make decisions, right? And that makes that puts defenders in conflict. Yeah. Make these guys pay. Now with Saquon in the run game. Yeah. I don't care if Saquon is your superstar running back. Do not force him the rock. Don't force him the rock. But here's the good thing, Justin. The Vikings aren't going to sit there and stack the box all game versus you. No. They're not. So give Saquon give Saquon the rock when you have those light boxes. Um and I think you should RPO and read option them to death. Like with the, you know, the RPOs with Richie James. And now Daniel Jones had no design runs in that that first game versus the Vikings. And part of that is they, they would send these corner blitzes, and it's hard for DJ to read that as like a true read option. Well, you're talking about motion and pre-snap, you know. Well, that's the way you can combat that type of stuff. To Like, this is the playoffs, too. Like, we, I don't care about Daniel Jones taking hits in this game. He's going to run somebody over. That's a lock this Sunday. Yeah, it's a guarantee. Like, you know, don't be – He's putting his shoulder down. Don't be stupid on the sideline <laughs> to gain two yards. But we can, run, we can run Daniel Jones without totally worrying about his health in this game. Yeah. So – Put those like those read options that aren't truly an option, where it's like you show a read option, but guess we got Bellinger coming across the line of scrimmage, and then we got a wide receiver crack blocking on the nickel corner and get him out on the edge. So in the run game, similarly, throw as much as as at them as you possibly can. Don't turn, don't don't revert into, all right, we're just gonna line up and run because they have a good D line, right? Like they've got Zadarius and Hunter. Yep. You know, they got Dalvin and Harrison Phillips in the middle. Like they've got a good D line. Um, Kendricks is a solid linebacker for them, but they're going to line up in light boxes. So you, you hand the ball off out of shotgun, you run those read options um, and the RPOs like that touchdown that Saquon Barkley had in that Vikings game was one. It was a read option, 
But it was like we've seen in earlier, DJ ended up handing it off is the right decision. Right. But the receivers on the on the right side ran a, a, a route combination, right? Yeah. Like a, a sm- like a high low combination. Well, guess what? They put three they put three defenders over that, right? So we're not going to throw that. We're not going to throw that. Um, the you know on uh, the end plays Daniel Jones, so hand the ball off to Saquon. If the end plays Saquon Barkley, well then then Daniel Jones can keep it. If you got the the box stacked and they only have two players over that, well guess what? Now we have Daniel Jones hold on to the ball. And if they have to cover those players, Daniel Jones can keep and read it. If one of those players tries to crash down and, and tackle Daniel Jones, you throw it to Daniel Bellinger in the flat, man. Like yeah. this, this team is full in, is is f- filled up with smart players on yeah. this offense where you can do all of this stuff. Like this is an offense may not be the most talented in the world, but it's filled with smart players and not dummies. And that is how you can win this game versus the Vikings. Yeah, Jones has a pretty good connection with with all his skill position players right now, which which certainly helps. Uh, my only my only ask with that particular thing, man, we haven't you know knock on wood. I'm knocking on my head. We have a wooden desk in in, in front of me. Knock on wood if you if you're with me. Do not get any penalties of ineligible men downfield. I feel like that has killed us this year. We haven't done that the last few weeks, so I don't know if that's something that the coaching staff has maybe adjusted to. But there have been plenty of big plays. I would rather. Avoid that entirely than a big play being taken off the board because John Feliciano was three and a half yards down the freaking field. And you just kind of got to know, <laughs> and, and you can make calls on it too, where it's like, yeah. it's like keep, 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 you know, yeah. type of thing. Um, right. Saquon, on the, uh, you know, just running the ball in, in general, you know, that, that Vikings game a couple weeks ago, his rushing yards over expected. Um, he ended with 1.84 yards. That was the third highest total of the season. What that basically means is that Saquon Barkley, he was better at running the ball than what he was quote unquote expected to be based on the guys that are in the box, the down the distance personnel, et cetera, et cetera. Time behind spent behind the time behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, week one was his best performance of the season. Week five versus the Packers was his second best. And then the third best of the season was against the the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks ago. So Saquon was efficient, um, did a solid job, and uh, I would like him to be even more. I feel like the Giants will give him the keys to success by not pounding him to the ground, but similar like we've seen the last couple weeks, running him when it makes sense, and then lo and behold, gave him that opportunity on that fourth and one, and it was a 27-yard explosive play. This is a game where, you know, I want I want a couple Saquon Barkley 10-plus yard runs, and I'm not just saying that, that he's going to get 20, 25 attempts. I want a few Saquon Barkley 10-plus yard plays, even if he only gets 15, 16-ish carries on this game. I I am expecting that out of Saquon Barkley, who says that he wants the ball in his hands and in big moments. Um, you know, you got to be efficient with what you do with the ball, and you got to take advantage of your touches. So we're talking about all these good things the Giants can do on offense. Here's the worry. Evan Neal. Evan Neal. <laughs> Danell Hunter, Zadarius Smith, the guys they line up on him can work him. And I worry, I seriously do worry about that. And we are playing the team that has the, you know, the two good, you know, quote unquote edge defenders with Zadarius Smith and Danell Hunter, where in past, it's like, well, guess what? Like, the, yeah, they got Brian Burns, but we got Andrew Thomas, so we're good. And they did this a lot versus the Giants, too. They line up Zadarius Smith all over the line of scrimmage. Over Glowinski, over like Glowinski and Feliciano had like serious issues yep. with uh with Zedarius Smith and then Danelle Hunter was just able to work Evan Neal. And we talk about wanting to create explosives in this game. There is gonna be opportunities for it. Don't let this scare you. But in a playoff game, two play you know, like two two bad plays can be the the difference between winning and losing. And that is my worry, is that Evan Neal 
bad reps could be the difference between winning and losing for this Giants offense. It could be the difference between getting a 40-yard gain yep. and having to punt the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just why staying ahead of the sticks is, is so important. You know, an early down efficiency yes. is just so, so important this game. So, uh, and, I, and I'm with you, too, where, you know, kind of a maybe this is a little bit of just a transition away from Evan Neal, but th- this game, I, like, part of what I'm just hoping for something – to go right in the Giants' favor. Because so many times in playoff games where if there's a fumble that's on the ground and the Giants fumble the ball, you got to land on it. you got to jump on it. If there's a fumble on defense, if you force a fumble on defense, man, you got to try and you got to fight and you got to punch some ribs and get that ball out. If there's an interception in your hands, you got to come down with it. I just feel like, especially with these two teams, like the Giants and the Vikings, just the way that both of their seasons have gone a little bit more with the Vikings. I think the Vikings have gotten, you know, if there's a there's a quote-unquote lucky team out there, the Minnesota Vikings, I think, kind of carry that mantle. So there's got to be some things that go in the Giants' favor this week. And it's not even something that you can, like, evaluate, you can measure, you can say, oh, the Giants can do this, the Giants do that. If there's an opportunity to take advantage of some sort of mistake that the Vikings make, man, do you got to take advantage of it. I think that's just how playoff games go. And that's what they didn't do in the last Vikings Correct. game. Where they were, the Vikings were the one taking advantage of every single mistake. Yeah. Um, I want to switch over to the defense. Let's do it. And I think it's a lot more, it's a lot more simple on defense. But first, Danny King, producer Danny King. We got to talk about Roman. Oh, they're back, baby. They're so back. Bobby Skinner, you got Valentine's Day plans? Uh, mm. the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl? Come on, the Giants, right? You got a, yeah, you got a, you got a lady in your life, though. Yeah, but Valentine's Day falls under one of those holidays. Ah, uh, okay. I'm against. Some say Valentine's Day is the sexiest day of the year, but are you ready, Roman? Ready for sex? Danny, are you ready? He says yes. I'm always Roman ready. Wow, Danny King with the unmute button really quick. Coming from the top row, Roman addresses a variety of sexual health needs for men. Roman Roman offers genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Roman also offers a discreet, they offer discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed. Danny King, you're going out to California, those LA ladies. They're going to be treating you fantastic. You got to come out there with Roman. And you got to come out there Roman ready. And better yet, everything with Roman is online. There's no waiting rooms, no hassle. Roman sends everything right to your door with free shipping and discreet packaging. To get ready, Roman ready for better sex this Valentine's Day, go to ro.co slash johnboy today to get 20% off your first order. Do it by February 8th for guaranteed shipping on time. That's ro.co slash Boy. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk about this Giants defense. The Vikings offense always starts with Justin Jefferson. But the Giants are returning a Dory Jackson. Most I, hope, I hope so. We're about 90% sure while recording this podcast. So. Xavier McKinney is back. And we've seen some teams have some success versus Justin Jefferson. Obviously, it's a little different than when it's in the Dome. Um, but I think you do have some numbers about, like, I do. you kind of got to press this guy up. Like, you got to double-team him, but you got to press him up. Yeah, I, I very much understand why the Giants took a very 
conservative approach with Justin Jefferson the first time, you know, with Fabian Moreau playing very, very far back. So, you know, I looked at next-gen stats and cushion stats today. Um, you know, you're able to look up you know, the, the average cushion to the nearest defender week-by-week um, week basis for wide receivers. So Justin Jefferson's cushion versus the Giants week 16 was 7.1. Um, Justin Jefferson's average cushion at the line of scrimmage this year is 5.4. So clearly the Giants took, like I said, a very conservative approach a couple weeks ago. Now... There have been five games in 2022 where Justin Jefferson was held to less than 50 yards. Three of those games did not give Justin Jefferson much cushion at the line of scrimmage. Versus Detroit, two and a half. The Jets, 4.6. Green Bay, 4.3. I also want to throw in there that the Eagles were another game that Justin Jefferson was held to less than 50 receiving yards, but the Eagles have, like, two of the best corners in the National Football League in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. So they were giving a little bit of a cushion, but they're just really good corners to begin with. But three out of the five games where Justin Jefferson was held to less than 50 yards, those teams were playing kind of in his face. I'm not going to go out there and say they were playing press, they were getting physical, but I think a way to help slow down Justin Jefferson is by you know stopping him at the line of scrimmage, giving him some sort of hindrance that he can't just go clean into his route, run his routes clean. And Jair, Jair Alexander, the Packers, like they really bumped him up. Obviously, that was in the cold in Green Bay compared to the Dome. But like Adore Jackson being back doesn't mean it's like, oh, now we don't have to double Justin Jefferson. You still got to double him. You still got to double him. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think he's... I think he should take second in MVP to Patrick Mahomes this year. Um, like you still got to double team him, especially Adoree Jackson coming off of injury. You know we haven't seen him in you know two months essentially now. Um, you still got to double him, and the Giants have switched to these two high safety looks. Yeah, like that's kind of what they're they've totally changed their defense. You know, which something was we didn't know if Wink Martindale was willing to do. Do you think they revert? I'm not even going to say you can always switch and, and alternate. Was that something that maybe you would do? You would alternate between, you know, uh, two high safeties and then a single high. Now they have a Dory Jackson back. Uh, you know, in this game, they, I think they did it about 70% of the time. And then we did like 78% of the time versus the Colts. Uh, I think you're probably a little closer to 50, 50, you know, when you do have, and you, you know, you have a better center field safety and Xavier McKinney. Yeah. Um, but they're going to be, I think, I still think over 50% will be out of those two high safety looks. Um, you know, and like you said, when you play cushion on Justin Jefferson, he just works the side like he's the sideline king. Yep. Like he will Those get comeback routes. You know, the comeback routes, and then he's gonna turn that into a dig. Like he is almost unstoppable if you don't get hands on him. And even when you do get hands on him, he'll kill you. Um, but I think especially with Kirk Cousins, like we've seen Kirk Cousins got muddied that look up for Kirk. Yeah. Because Kirk trusts like, hey, he's got cushion. I know he's going to win his route. I just, hey, I know where he's going to be. I'm going to get that ball there. There was one, uh, like, effing, I'm throwing this to Justin Jefferson. He down there somewhere where, pretty sure, there, you know, we were giving cushion to Justin Jefferson at the line of scrimmage. It was one of those sideline plays. Uh, but there were even a decent amount of plays, too, during that first Vikings matchup where we're bringing... We're showing blitz pre-snap. We actually bring the blitz. We get in Kirk Cousins' face. And there's a couple throws where I'm like, that could have been picked off. If Kirk Cousins actually threw the ball a little bit more on target, then like I think Julian Love could have had an interception yeah. the first time around. There were there was Kirk Cousins made some bad decisions. And a lot of it was kind of based around Wink Martindale bringing the pressure, bringing the heat, pressure breaks pipes. So um, do that again. 
Yeah, and I know there's some revisionist history about that game because of the screen pass that Justin, Justin Jefferson caught. Like, oh, how are you, how do you blitz? How do you blitz? Now, the Vikings do like to run a lot of screens. They were 6-for-7 in this game for 50 yards. But Justin Jefferson had the 17-yarder right. His other screen passes, 0 yards, 0 yards, 1 yard. It was a bad time. You know, and then they got a couple <laughs> to the tight ends and, t- and TJ Hawkinson and Johnny Munt. Uh, and then an incompletion, the Dalvin. You know, like... What Wink Martindale does is blitz, and Justin Jefferson made a play, like, yeah. right? Like, Justin Jefferson made a play, and, and they didn't even blitz in that, in that they just backed him out. Now, maybe you can be a little more weary of showing everybody the line of scrimmage because that just puts, even those guys are backing out, it puts them in bad angles versus, you know, yeah, it, bad it just, spots, yeah. It just makes it a little easier blocking for the screen. But whenever they were lined up in, like, kind of their base defense, like, the Justin Jefferson stuff didn't work, no matter if they were blitzing or not. So, Wink Martindale's gonna blitz in this game, but for the Giants, I think this maybe even this whole game relies on the front four, right? One hundred percent. We have Dexter Lawrence, who may be playing a starting center, but it's a very injured starting center in Garrett Bradbury, um, who's going to. And I don't think Bradbury's even that very good from the, from the get off. Uh, if not, he's playing a third string center, and you know, Nick or Dexter Lawrence is. Dominant right now. He's an all pro. No matter who he's playing, he's dominant. The Vikings guards, Ed Ingram and and uh, Cleveland, they give up the first uh, amount, the the most amount, and the third most amount of sacks, uh, hits, and pressures. Love that in the entire NFL. That's a good stat. Their right tackle is a backup, and now Kayvon gets to go against him. We've seen primetime Kayvon. This is this is essentially primetime, right? We have. And then Darisaw, very, very good, but Aziz's skill set, the way Aziz plays, fits well versus Darisaw, where Darisaw likes to work guys around the corner. Well, Aziz is great at getting around the corner. And bending the And edge. he did that versus Darisaw in the first game. Got a sack. And almost, you know, was in a spot to get a strip sack almost. Man, I really think the Giants are going to blitz. They're not going to just rush four and, and play cover two all game like the, you know, the old school Bucks. But they can rush four when they need to and maybe when they and want I to. And I think they're going to get there, man. Like, and if the, From the Vikings' point of view, they are like, man, that front four of the Giants is healthy. They are healthy, and now we've got non-liabilities at cornerback one with Adore Jackson. We've got a really good uh, free safety in Xavier McKinney on the back end. Like I think these front four should dominate every yeah. snap. We need these guys on the field, down in, down out, and in the run game, right? Like in that Vikings game, Dex played 75% of the snaps. Leo played 63%. Both those guys got to be in the nineties. Yeah, well, I think Leo Leo got hurt for for a hot sec there, but that's why, like the quote unquote bye week is so awesome from last week is that hopefully these guys are ready to rock and roll. We we knew too, and you know this isn't something that we talked about on the pod. You know Dexter Lawrence has been healthy throughout this entire season, but throughout the entire second half of the season, because of how much they've been playing him, he's taken at least one or two days of rest every single week of every single practice. So, you know, they're, they've been resting Dexter Lawrence a lot in practice because they've been playing him a lot in the game. So that's why that, that quote-unquote, that little bye week that they took last week against the Eagles, that's why it's so helpful because these guys should be ready to rock and roll. Aziz Ojolari only had him for the first half during the first Vikings matchup. Leonard, him. Leonard Williams had to leave the game at certain points. So I want to I throw this at you. So the Vikings have the third lowest run rate in the National Football League this year, and then they have the second lowest run rate on first down this year in the NFL. So what's your approach? I kind of this is this is tough to say. I kind of want to be a little bit more aggressive on third down 
especially if you get them into some third and long situations, at least with showing pressure on third down. And then early downs, you know that they're going to be throwing the ball. They're not really going to be relying on running the ball a lot. So I kind of I kind of want to say to my front four there, if they run the ball, we got to trust you. And this even goes back to, you know, Gerard Smith and Micah McFadden, Jalen Smith, Gerard Davis, excuse me. This goes back to those guys. I'm rushing four on, on early downs. And then third downs, that's where I'm showing a little bit more of the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, one, the Giants' run defense, even when they stack the box, isn't good. But this is a game where you need a front four to make them pay in the run game. And yeah. they did that in that first Vikings game. Yeah. You know, they had that big run in the beginning of the game. And then, like, the two best runs after that, guess who wasn't on the field? Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence at yep. the same time. You know, you have Henry Mondo and Ryder Anderson out there. So those guys have to stay on the field. But they had eight tackles for a loss and on 18 carries for the Vikings, right? So, like you got, you have to create negative plays in the run def- uh, on run defense to get them off of yeah. their schedule to put them in second eleven. I consider to put a negative them in play. third and sevens, third and eights. I consider a negative play. By the way, anything less than three yards for this it Giants it's defense. A, that that's what it is. I'm not talking yeah. about four yard losses in the run game. Yeah, like ne- like when, for the giant for the offensive point of view, where it's like, oh, that wasn't that run wasn't right. successful. Like, force unsuccessful runs from the front. We know the linebackers aren't going to give us much. McFadden. And then, like, the t- for Kayvon and Aziz, when they got tight ends on you and they like to run that wide zone, you have to beat the shit out of them. Like, you got to set the edge. You got to push those guys back and disengage and make tackles for a loss. Like, this game to me, like, it's – who are you putting this game on the shoulders of? Daniel Jones, obviously, he's a quarterback. And then two is the front four. Yeah, like I, I am in my meeting saying, "This you, you four are, you guys want to be the dudes." Kayvon, you want to be that guy. Aziz, you want to be a guy. The guys that got the C on their jerseys, right? Dexter Lawrence, you want to be an All Pro. Leonard Williams, you want to be the one of the highest paid defensive tackles in the in football. Well, dominate this Vikings offensive line because it is very susceptible. Yeah, whatever that word is to being dominated. I agree. I have my OCU Manure jersey on because. I said it uh, heading into Sunday Night Football against the Commanders. Um, I want to make I want to make a memory. I want to make a memory on defense where you know this is a game that we're going to be able to look back and rewatch a couple years from now, saying, "Damn, that's a pretty good Giants pass rush," and they had some moments. And if anything, let's view this game as almost like the breakout for this Giants front four, for this Giants pass rush, for this Giants core that hopefully they'll be they'll be together for a long, long time, right? Let's look at this as, man, this is one of the breakout games, breakout performances in one of the biggest spots that they can have. Um, so let's do it. Uh, get to the quarterback, win some games, and Bobby Skinner. Why don't we take a break, and then we'll bring Danny King let's on. Let's take a break. We'll bring Danny King on. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome Danny King onto the show for weather and trivia. Danny, what's the weather looking like in Minneapolis this week? You know, it's quite cruel that the first Giants playoff game since 2016 is going to be indoors. I feel like that just shouldn't have been allowed, but it's what the Vikings did. They built an indoor stadium. So there's a dome, but if you're going to be there, it's still going to be cold. It's going to be uh, 33 degrees, feels like 26. So it'll be below freezing what the feels like. And I'm guessing just cold overall in Minnesota this time of year. So, I mean, if you're going, it won't be as bad as the last time they played. I think it was like negative 20 last time they played, the feels like. Do not miss that at all. So, at least this week, it'll feel like 26. Still cold, but no negative in it. 
It's it's everyone's saying like it's warm around here, and I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm still pretty pretty freezing. <laughs> I'll be honest, it is warm around here. It's quite impressive. Yeah, it's like oh, it's only 42 degrees. I'm like, yeah, that's that's like our our record cold for this time of year in Florida. Um, do we have trivia for this week? We do have trivia, and I've been and I'm trying to make sure I don't show Justin because it, it is technically oh. on my phone. So we're gonna have fun with that. So obviously, I learned the Giants played the Vikings in 1997 in a wild card matchup. I learned that. Uh, so can you name the one giant? Uh, I won't mention the score of that game because that's not fun. Uh, do, do you guys know the one giant they got a pick in that game? I'm just gonna say Seahorn, but I don't know. I have no clue. I got two questions, but so I have no clue. Uh, Bobby, with the obvious guess, it is Jason Seahorn. There we go. Okay, I knew that. I didn't guess. I, I had to give Jason Seahorn a chance because he deserves not chance. Uh, give him the spotlight because we all love Jason Seahorn. I believe we all do. If you don't, I think you're weird. That's just my opinion. And then uh, can you name Love him the, returning kicks. the Giants wide receiver with the most receiving yards in this game? Mm. In his career? This game. This one single game against the Minnesota Vikings in 1997. Oh, oh, in that game. In this one game. I'm just going to go with the big name, Imani Toomer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was five years old, so it was hard to. That is fair. So that is a you know that was not the best choice, but it was a David Patton. David Patton. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Ball. He led the Giants with I believe eighty six yards was the number I saw. Uh, but yes, he led the Giants in terms of receiving yards that game. I believe the second was I forgot his name, but it was like Chris Callaway, something like that. I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, I, I know who that but, is. But but that's who he was second in receiving behind David Patton. I like it. I like it. All right, it's time for our fantasy draft where we pick players uh, from both of the Giants and the team they play against. Uh, I'll be picking third. I'm in first place with 639 points. Justin, uh, he had the worst week out of all of us last week. He's he's 29 points back. So, Justin, it's not over, but you desperately need more Giants games to win unless you just have a total, like, reroute. You'll be picking first. And then Danny's 73 points back. He'll be picking second. Justin. Are you going to pick Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I, I I feel bad, but wow, he broke the promise. I did break my promise, but I just I just need to take him, and there's no explanation, and I don't want to explain how taking Justin Jefferson is a smart choice. I hope it's a very bad choice. Yeah, like ho- yeah, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, like recent weeks, Justin gets blown out in fantasy. Yeah, like this is a Jelani Woods type pick. Uh Danny, who do you have with the second pick? Well, because I obviously love my Giants, and I will be taking a Giants player here. No, that's me, and I just put Justin in, in a horrible-looking spot right there because I would take a Justin Jefferson if he took Saquon Barkley, but I'm taking Saquon Barkley here uh, because it's just the next obvious pick because I don't know who else would be the next obvious pick right after just, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I think the first two are like, it's all right, we have the number one, number two, and then after that, it's like, all right, create your own board after that because there's a lot of different ways. With the Giants receiving group, you can kind of go with any of the three to have a big game. And then the Vikings, like you don't know if Thielen, like Thielen and Osborne both had bad games. But I'm going to go Richie James. I do have mm-hmm. someone ahead of him on my board, but I'm going to go Richie James because I at least – I'm in the lead, and I know that Richie James is going to give me points. Like, we're going to be working the slot receiver. In fact, people will talk about Hodgins having that great game versus the Vikings. Who had more yards than Isaiah Hodgins in that game? Assuming Richie James. Richie James. And he had a big drop. So, I'm going to go with Richie James with my first pick. And then second pick, you guys let him fall on the last one to the ninth pick, and I'm going TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. That's what cost me. At 13 catches in that game, that was the game that sent me, like, over the top. Um, 
I actually went back and rewatched every single catch of that game. It was a lot of quick game. Like it wasn't like him just winning these routes. And then the touchdown was one of those like you know like the Giants on their cover three. If the guy runs a crosser, he'll chase. Well, he backs out, and then they ran like a crazy rub route on like the Hawkinson touchdown where he just mossed Julian Love and Darnay Holmes. They Justin Jefferson for like five yards down the field is just blocking the outside corner, and it didn't get called which is like the most obvious offensive pass interference. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I am going to go TJ Hawkinson with my second pick. That's, well, just completely random point. Uh, isn't the same ref that did the first Giants-Vikings game also doing this game? That could be interesting. Adrian Hill, watch out. Maybe he's a Giants factor. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, just because Isaiah Hodgins, that was a pretty good game for him. I know Dalvin Cook was sitting right there. I just, they really didn't get Dalvin Cook going last game. And I just like the odds of Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James producing here. There's the other John receiver stands out, but I just feel Isaiah Hodgins could maybe have another uh, good game. He's kind of like their trusted guy on the outside right now, where Slayton, I think Slayton's still their wide receiver when he gets that respect from corners. But I like it. All right, Justin, you have back to back picks. I'm going to go Darius Slayton. This is a game where I don't know. Is your trying factor? Oh, this is and I could talk about Darius Slayton a bit here. This is a game where Darius Slayton can be like the difference in this game, like a Darius Slayton deep explosive play or a Darius Slayton play where he gets a ball and he gets yards after the catch. The, like Slayton can be the difference in, in, in this game. So um, I really hope that it's not one of those quiet Slayton games where he has a good catch here and there, a good play here and there. Um, I really hope that Darius Slayton can be the receiver, the skill position player that kind of pushes this Giants offense over the edge and maybe beats this Vikings team. Because I know that he can. I think he is the best receiver on the team. And Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James have been getting more of the run recently. So go Darius Slayton. And then I will be taking Dalvin Cook on the on the come around just because I think that just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you get the other team. And I got a good starting running back. Starting other years, back. Cook might go first overall. Oh, yeah. Um, get him, so. Solid there, Danny. You, what's your next pick? I'm gonna take man. I'm I'm just riding the Giants train right now. I'm also I'm just gonna take Daniel Bellinger here. Uh, That's he's he's still sitting there for me, and I mean kind of banking on a touchdown to take him over two Vikings starting receivers. It is, but I feeling kind of feeling's very much hit or miss, and I hope he misses this week because I usually draft feeling in my fantasy leagues, and he does sometimes nothing for me, and I'm not a fan of that. So that's why I'm just gonna rock. uh, What's his name? Daniel Bellinger right there because I believe he could give me something. Okay, so at this point, there's only two starters left, Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. So I'm going to take both those guys for my back-to-back picks. Um, My next two picks, I could just put on my big board, were Irv Smith and Lawrence Cager. Mm -hmm. And Lawrence Cager, he could play zero snaps. Literally. I'm like, maybe him... You know, versus the Eagles, showing like, oh, yeah, maybe this guy is our best, like, receiving tight end because he's not even really a tight end. Maybe that gets him involved. And then Irv Smith, talented, just coming off of injury. So, Danny, your last pick. I'm just going to follow your big board then, and I'm just going to take Irv Smith because looking at the Giants, no shot. Kenny Galladay gets another touchdown. Imagine Kenny Galladay gets a touchdown. People want Kenny Galladay to, like, play more. And it's like his catch rate went down. He had two catches on seven targets in the game. I mean, I understand he had Davis Webb as quarterback, but, like, do do people forget, like, all – what he's done for the Giants before this game. If the Giants are in the same situation where they're down 10 points at the 25-yard line with a minute and a half, then we can put Kenny Galladay in and do the same thing. 
otherwise I don't even want them throwing that ball. Like, yeah. And, and, I mean, if you want to give them one on one in the red zone, sure, go ahead. But like, we still, not even in the red zone. Just like, all right, we're throwing the ball up for like the 30, 40. Yeah, like I'm just, the, I'm confused. The five yard line, Kenny Galladay can't separate at all. I'm confused why people are just in love with Kenny Galladay again. Like, let's not. I mean, I'm, I don't get me wrong. It made me emotional. Oh, I, I don't was want him playing. Joy, but like, let's not forget. All right, Justin, you have the last pick. This you could basically just pull this one out of a hat. It's going to be very random. Gary Brightwell. There we go. That's the fun pick. I feel like taking the a Giants backup running back. It's like they're going to give Saquon like Saquon's not going to come off the field in this game. But Gary Brightwell gets some runs here and there. Alexander Madison would have been a, a solid pick. He had a couple of runs in that game. All right. To recap, Justin has Justin Jefferson, Darius Slayton, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, and Gary Brightwell. Danny has Saquon, Hodgins, Bellinger, and Irv Smith. And I have Richie James, T.J. Hawkinson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne. All right, time for Giant Factors. Justin, who is your Giant Factor for Wild Card Weekend? Man, voted an All-Pro this week by the players. Dexter Lawrence, man. Dexter Lawrence. You can make an argument that Dexter Lawrence is the best player on the football team. And, man, do we need Dexter Lawrence to be the Giants' best player on the football field this Sunday. You have been one of the only consistent forces and presences on this team. Only consistent presence on the team. Uh, force those negative plays. Get a sack. Help out in the run game. I don't really think and I don't really want the Giants giving a lot of help, especially on early downs, to stop in the run. So when the Vikings do make the choice to run the ball, which they don't do all that often, Dexter Lawrence, you got to help and you got to be the one that's going to stop Dalvin Cook. Stop Alexander Mattinson on, on on early downs. Dexter Lawrence, you are my giant factor. Go out and kind of just continue doing what you are doing, my man. Yeah, we need dominance from him, like down in, down out. Danny, who is your giant factor? Uh, my giant factor, it's going to be the man that led the Giants to receive in this game, even though it's only by one. You talked about him. Well, it is Richie James. Uh, Richie James was someone that before the season, I didn't know who Richie James was. That's just me personally. Maybe some other people weren't aware much of Richie James and uh, Madden was they gave him the same rating as Andrew Thomas that is crazy they did that's actually outrageous I didn't even know that the more you know right there but Richie James is someone that has it just surprised me this year I, I've been very much enjoying Richie James besides on punt returns but I'm not here well first do your job on punt returns and he's been doing that recently I haven't been nervous watching Richie James on punt returns but that drop in that Minnesota game obviously it stood out he's returning to that same field and the Vikings are going to be very much prepared for Isaiah Hodgins. They might be prepared for Darius Slater. Richie James might once again maybe lead the Giants in receiving yards this game. That might be my prediction of the game. Richie James, go out there and get a touchdown. Be a Giants factor. Give Daniel Jones more guys to pass the ball to and give him a chance to work this pocket. Just get open for Daniel Jones because if we're going to win, it's going to be Daniel Jones winning the game. Can I give you a quote? I'm going to, I'm going to give you a quote that Darius Slayton just said about these Giants wide receivers. There's receivers that you probably say are better than us. That are at home right now. At the end of the day, it's about winning football games, not a popularity contest. It's a good way to describe this Giants receiver core. Let's win some games from the Giants receiving core. Some games. I have my Giant factor. He's playing in his first playoff game of his career, like many of the New York Giants players. And we talk about, you know, we need to put this game in the hands of Daniel Jones, right? And then the front four. But there's a guy who led the Giants to some wins earlier in the year. Like he was, he was, you know, like a main reason. Like Giants aren't winning games without him. Then he had a little bit of a lull, and then the last few weeks he's been efficient. But like, 
We need a superstar game out of you. We need you to add points by yourself almost. Like we need you to get the second level and make two guys miss. Saquon Barkley, man, you are playing for a contract and you are playing for your first playoff game and a playoff victory. Like I want I want like some 2018, 2019 Saquon to Barkley type runs in this game, right? Be if and and be efficient. Like that should be the expectation. If you want a contract to come back and play with this Giants team, I think that's what you we need out of you. We need like you to translate into the playoffs, not just taking what's there, not even just running hard. Like you need to do those things, but we need straight superstar plays where the rest of the league is like, man, you see Saquon Barkley, you know, like Daniel Jones, he's the quarterback, so he's going to be talked about after this game. We talked about it with entertainment. We need Saquon Barkley to be the talk after this game. We need it because it's right in front of people's eyes. And if he's not the talk, that means I think he, he didn't do well. He could even add, be efficient. He can average 4.4, 4.5 yards per carry. We need to be like singing Saquon Barkley's praises of how amazing he was in this game. Not a good game. We need to be singing praises of how amazing he was. Saquon Barkley, you are my wild card weekend giant factor. We need it. Need him. All right, spread picks. Now these don't these only count for the playoffs. Uh, these don't count towards the regular season record. We had a three way tie for last place, sixty five and seventy one. Justin, Danny, and the listeners. Now they got there in a different way. Justin went two and six last week. The listeners went four and four, and then Danny went five and three. Feeling it. I won, which okay. is great. I went six and two last week. Went I'm um, sixty nine and sixty seven on on the nice. season. But to me, honestly, more than winning is like I just I never want to finish spread picks going under five hundred. Like if you go over five hundred, it's like okay, you know that's a that's a you know ball type thing. Um, so it's like if you if you follow my picks every single year, you would have made money every single year. So that's that's more important to me. But first, before we get into these spread picks, who are they brought to us by? Danny? Oh, I mean, as always, are brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because the playoff pitcher is locked in and my go-to play for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports better partner of the NFL in case you didn't know. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. You might be wondering what that is. Just place any NFL bet on of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why would you bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? I don't know why you would. Uh, I mean, all these games are pretty close. You'll have, they're a great slate. The one outlier is the Seahawks Niners. They're a plus 10 favorite, or for 13-something underdog. Doesn't matter. Uh, either way, you should go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WORLD. That's W-O-R-L-D. New customers get bet $5 on the NFL and get up to 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD, like the place we live, WORLD. Like the place we're trying to burn yeah, down. Yeah, tr- place we're trying to burn down. The WORLD. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details, please. All right. We got five games this week. Obviously, we're not gonna. We don't do the Giants one. First one: Seahawks at 49ers minus nine and a half. Brock Purdy versus Geno Smith. Uh, you look at the way the 49ers and Seahawks have played this year in Division Two games. The 49ers are just too good, and the Seahawks have kind of been spiraling downwards. It's like they beat the Giants, and it's like okay, good. Since then, they've been not very good. Even though Geno Smith has still been pretty efficient, they just not been very good like they played the the they lost to the 49ers by like 11 or 12 points a f- couple weeks ago and Geno Smith's stats were fine 
So I'm I'm going to go 49ers minus uh, nine and a half. The listeners are going Seahawks plus nine and a half. They are represented by Mark Davitt this week. Justin, who do you got? I do think the Seahawks cover. First playoff game, start off the weekend slate, kind of on a positive note. I still do think the 49ers will win the game, you know, maybe even a little bit more. I think they could win it by nine. I think they could win it by a touchdown. But I do think the Seahawks will cover in this one for sure. Danny, who do you got? Because I looked at it. Uh, the Seahawks were destroyed in the first game against the Niners, but then the second game was close. It was Jimmy G the first game, Brock Purdy the second game. Playoff nerves, is that a thing? I think Brock Purdy's going to get hit with them a little. They'll still win, but the Seahawks will cover. Geno Smith, cool and calm under pressure? I believe it can happen. Wow. I need to like watch Brock Purdy because I kind of have been like just like, ah, Brock Purdy, like 49ers are just good. You have been dismissive. I like This, this game is going to define my that, like my analysis on Brock just, Purdy. Just imagine the offseason discussion of what's going to happen in San Francisco. It's going to be like, do we start Brock Purdy or is this still Trey Lance's team? That's the big question the world will be asking. Yeah, like all of my takes on Brock Purdy will hinge on this Ooh. 430 game on Saturday. Whoa. Chargers at Jags plus two and a half. The Jags are back in the playoffs. Danny, who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna. So the Jags are the underdogs here. They're, okay, now I understand. I'm At gonna, home I'm in gonna, Jacksonville. Home dogs. Wow, wow. I'm gonna go the Jaguars because uh, it's unclear if Mike Williams will play. That will factor a lot into it. But the Jaguars are a good team. Now I know they look kind of bad last week against the Titans, but that was a big moment for that entire team. They haven't experienced that in uh, since what 2017, realistically, against the Patriots. So I'm gonna go the Jags here. I think Trevor Lawrence and the and the crew show up, and especially known. Uh, Giants legend Evan Ingram. Yeah, I worry about Lawrence versus pressure, um, but I I like the Jags, man. Like I don't think the Chargers are a great team this year, right? And the Jags dominated the Chargers earlier in the season, uh, and what the you know the Chargers Brandon Staley has actually been better on the defensive side than people give him credit for this year. Last year he was kind of going off of name only, you know, kind of reputation for what he did with the Rams, and he just said a lot of media buzzwords that all like the new age media and the NFL likes. Mm. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, like he spreads the seed around, and I feel like that just is going to do well against this uh, Chargers defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Jags to cover in and win this game. Like, you like I, QBs I, who spread their seed around, Bobby? Yes. Yeah. Like Trevor Lawrence. I think Justin Herbert's going to spread that seed around. So give me the Chargers. Okay. This is a line that is a little suspect for me. I'm going with it. I'm riding it. Bills at Dolphins or Dolphins at Bills minus 13. I just got to say, I feel very bad for Dolphins fans. <laughs> like, think about us, right? We haven't made the playoffs since 2016. We're like, it's been so long, right? You know who also hasn't made the playoffs since in six years? The Dolphins. They didn't make a playoffs a long time before that. Guess what? Their last two playoff games, backup quarterbacks. They're playing Skylar Thompson in this game. Not even a backup. Like They invested in a good backup quarterback in Not Teddy him. Bridgewater. Injured. Remember who played in that game the, in 2016? Matt Moore. Remember the Steelers like decapitated him oh, yeah. in that game, and they and they sent them back out on the field like just just totally just demolished his shit. And he's like two plays later, he's like he's back out on the field. So like these Dolphins fans, like just like us, have been stripped of playoff experience. And Dolphins have a big fan base and a diehard fan base, and they got to keep watching backup quarterbacks. Last Dolphins starting quarterback to start a playoff game. Oh, God. Wow. And they got demolished in this game, too. So, was it 2016, obviously? 
Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington Damn. got destroyed by Damn the Ravens. It. That being said, Bills minus 13. Like, I feel like this spread should almost be bigger. It's just not because it, they don't want to make a playoff game to spread this big. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm Skylar Thompson. That's just so funny to me. Yeah, Bills. Count me in two. Danny very much like conflicted the backup quarterback versus. I did imagine. Oh, you know what's gonna happen? Scott Thompson is gonna get hurt. Mike Glenn is gonna come in, and he's gonna. We need co- that. We and need he's that. gonna cover. Like I don't want to watch Scott Thompson. I, I want. I want to watch Mike Glennon and make either. Mike jokes about Mike Glennon. Um, I'm very glad this game is the game before. The, actually, I wish this was after the Giants because we're gonna be kind of focusing on getting ready for the pod. I don't want and this to be the Sunday night game anyway. I guess the Sunday night game is not great either. We got Ravens at Bengals minus eight and a half. It looks like Huntley might play for the the Ravens. Uh, who do you got in this one, Justin? Bengals. Uh, I, I think the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Whoa. So give me Bengals minus eight Whoa, and a half. Was it the Ravens your Super Bowl pick? I, oh. I'm going with the Bengals. Well, Lamar Jackson's, Lamar Jackson's out. you got to yeah. ride Tyler Huntley, though. No, I'm not riding. I'm not no, continuing to ride the Ravens. We're not obsessed with backup quarterbacks, no. Danny King. <laughs> no, we're not. No. So give me give me the Bengals. They're my, they're my Super Bowl pick laying that on the table right now. Wow. Who do you got, Danny? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going the Bengals as well. I mean, let, let's be real here. The Ravens are awful without Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. But here's the thing. Is they lost by 11 to the Bengals this past week with, with Anthony Brown at quarterback. I do think the Bengals are going to win this game. I think they win this game by seven or eight points. Mm. And it's and it's not like it's close. I think they are winning by 14 or 15 late in the game, and the Ravens put up a garbage time mm. touchdown. That the Ravens' fun. defense has gotten so much better since Roquan Smith came back, and the playoffs defenses are just so much more dialed in that I just think the Ravens are going to cover, but barely. The listeners also got Bengals. And then whoa, maybe like one of the most intriguing matchups from this week on Monday night, we got the cat like paying all you know Troy Buck and all those guys and and uh, Troy. I, why do I always I always say always. Troy Buck? Always Joe Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They could be one person for me. Not Bucks at or sorry Cowboys at Bucks plus two and a half. I'm going the Bucks. The Bucks smacked the Cowboys week one, right? That was with the same bad roster. The Bucks just kind of like what they do on defense. I think. And veteran teams can struggle in the regular season, like the Bucks. They kind of pick up their game in the playoffs, right? Like they're 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 dialing in. They're not so you know young and hungry in the regular season. And just the Brady factor. Dak has not been good down the stretch, and it's the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys, this is what they do. They choke these games. I'm going Bucks plus two and a half, and I think they're winning the game. Listeners are going Cowboys. Who are you going, Danny? Uh, my prediction is uh, well, one the Bucks plus two and a half. The Cowboys will still lose this game because they're the Cowboys. Uh, second Des didn't McCarthy catch. fired on Th- Tuesday. Th- that's what I was going to say. Mike McCarthy will be fired when the uh, when the Cowboys lose this game. And Sean Payton will be the head coach. Okay, Justin, who do you get, who do you me. have? I want to go Bucks. Uh, don't do it. Uh, don't write it down. I don't write it down till you say it. I want. I genuinely think the Bucks are like going to win this game, but I I'm taking the Cowboys. Wow, you and Mark Davitt. Because like my my brain, my heart says Bucks. Are you about to sneeze? No, I had a, like a little mouth noise. I really want you to sneeze during this preview pod. So there's not as much dust in this as there is my office. We so. can so we can actually see you sneeze. Uh, you know, more. I will hide under the table if I have to sneeze. <laughs> we'll love we'll love to see that. I'll literally just go and like turn that camera up. All right, yeah, give me the cowboy song. All right. Guys, Giants-Vikings predictions. Danny King, what is your score prediction for Giants-Vikings 
in Minneapolis. Well, this is fun. We're in the office. You guys are going to watch the Giants win a playoff game Sunday. I missed a purple. 15th floor. Or is it the 14th floor? I don't 15th know. floor. 15th floor. Giants are going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be another close game. We're going to be biting our nails the entire way through. Giants are going to win 28-2-21. And we will go on to Philadelphia in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Cocky. Cocky going to Philadelphia. Justin, what is your score prediction for Giants? How about this? Giants win 27-24. Same score on a 55-yard Graham Gano game-winning field goal. Put it, put him, put it right back in the ribs of the Vikings fans. I'm going to look directly into the camera. I want this put on social media, and I want us to tag all of the Giants players. Andrew Thomas, you're the baddest motherfucking left tackle in the league. Nick Gates, I think you should be starting at center. Nasty Nick Gates, start shit. I don't care if they are quiet. They're a bunch of pussies in Minnesota. Daniel Jones, you're cold blooded. You are a cold-blooded dude. Saquon Barkley, you want to be one of the best backs in the league? Prove it. Darius Slayton, no matter how many times you try to get thrown away, you lead this Giants team in receiving. You are a big playmaker. Dex, you want to be all pro? Dominate. Leonard Williams, you want to make 20-plus mil? You want to be on this team next year? Dominate. Kayvon, you want to be primetime? You want to snow angel dudes to death? Dominate. The Giants will dominate the Minnesota Vikings. I truly believe this. This isn't just me saying it every single week. They're going to win this game big. Like, this is not going to be a close game. Giants 77, Vikings 0. We have your back, Giants players. We have your back. We will see you guys on Monday for a playoff victory podcast. Enjoy yourself. Let's win some games. And let's go big, 